Hello, this is F1 Indie Girls with Soraya and Sherelle. We're two girls who love Formula One and IndyCar. Let's get right into our Aston Martin season recap. So, before we start with the recap part, um, we've kind of started this new thing where we kind of go through some news to kind of keep you guys updated. Um, and it also keeps us reminded of things. But we, before we start, we're going to go over that Haas has announced... At Blah, blah, blah. Haas has announced their car launch, and it will be February 2nd. Um, so that's exciting. That is a couple of days after we announce, or after this podcast comes out. Um, I think it's like two days after, because I think it happens on Friday. So you guys will hear this, and two days later, Haas will uh, launch their car. And Alpha Tauri. Um, has announced that they will be launching launching their car on February 8th. Also, Alpha Tauri has a name change. They are now called Visa Cash App RB F1 Team. I can't with that name. Like, <laughs> the length and everything. Everything. Everything, everything. everything about it. Like, just, why? Why? Um, Why couldn't we keep Alpha Tauri? I like Alpha Tauri so much better than Visa Cash App RBF1 team. <laughs> like, what is this? Ah, I'm so frustrated. To me, they're always like, same with, I don't know, it's just, I don't like these name changes. It's been yeah. Alpha Romeo for the longest time. And even if you cut it short, so it's just, even if, you know, you just stick to calling it RBF1 team. It still sounds so bad. <laughs> it's too close to Red Bull, and I understand that they're like a sister racing team or whatever you want to call it to Red Bull. But like Alpha Tauri was just at was was fine. If anything, just go back to your even older name and go to Toro Rosso. Oh yeah, Toro Rosso, love that so much better than Visa Cash App mm-hmm. RBF One Team. Okay, <laughs> as you can tell, we're, I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> this episode, I'm gonna be, is a very hard episode for me. I feel like I'm very opinionated on this episode. <laughs> Starting yes. off with the team name, but on a happy note, Charles Leclerc got a contract extension. Don't know when or how long, but but it's extended. it's extended. They said what multi year? Multi year. So, yeah. So that could be a few years. Twenty twenty six. That could be twenty twenty seven. That could be twenty twenty eight. Nobody really knows. No one knows. Um, Ferrari also announced that Oliver Behrman, um, also known as Ollie, will be the twenty twenty four reserve driver next to Antonio Giovinazzi. I love saying his name. I don't know why. Um, and Arthur Leclerc will be joining Ferrari as the development driver. And he got his first taste of an F1 car yesterday. I guess yesterday for us, um, Monday, for you guys who are listening to this on Wednesday. So that was exciting. Yes. So happy for him and that he, you know. Still gets to continue with the Ferrari um, academy and stuff. Yeah. 
it gives me hope that one day I will have the Leclerc brothers racing in Ferrari. Yeah. Do you know how awesome that would be? Oh, that would be a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, I love the Leclerc brothers. Yes. <laughs> um, but he also had the biggest... He recorded this video and posted it on Instagram with Ferrari, and he had the biggest smile I, I have ever seen on his face. He was so happy. And it makes me happy. And yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to see what continues with Ollie and Leclerc. Um, another driver has a contract extension. Say it's been a week of good news for you. It has been a week of good news. For I me. mean, I say like it's not for me. It is. I love these drivers, as well. <laughs> but Lando Norris is staying with McLaren for a couple more years. Also, don't know how long this contract is. All we know is it is a multi-year contract, and he will be staying in McLaren. I honestly just can't see him anywhere else. Like. He, he is he a McLaren is boy. A McLaren boy. Papaya looks mighty fine on him. He is a McLaren boy. Charles is a Ferrari boy. I, like, I couldn't I just, picture any, like, either one of them anywhere else. Like, I couldn't either. And when they do move, it'll be, it will be a heartbreak. Yes. But I will continue to love and support them and buy merch wherever they go. Because <laughs> I love them. Um, and then we'll just go over car launch dates um, now that we have all 10 teams. Um, and so you can kind of look forward to those. Um, February 2nd is Haas. February 5th, Stake F1 team and Williams. February 7th, Alpine. February 8th, Visa Cash App RB F1 team, a.k.a. Alfa Romeo, or a.k.a. Alfa Tauri. Wow. Um, February 12th, Aston Martin. February 13th, Ferrari. 14th, Mercedes. 15th, Red Bull. I don't have McLarens in there. I know. I was like, I just noticed we do have McLarens. How do I it not? Is, um, on the 14th as well. Mercedes and McLaren. That's right. I was like, how do I not have McLaren up there? Wow. Um, but those are... Car launches. I'm excited. You excited? I'm so excited. I'm pumped. I have a feeling I know what most of them are going to be, but I'm still excited to see. We know what McLaren is. I'm like, we know what their livery looks livery. like. We don't know what the car. Don't know what the car looks, looks like. like. We know but what we know the livery, livery looks like. And I love the livery. Yes, but I'll do my thoughts on that later. <laughs> um. But now we will get into our actual season recap, and I will quote unquote hand the mic over to Sherelle, and she will give you the history. So we're going to take it back before they were Aston Martin. We're going to go kind of <clears throat> to the previous team switching over to when they were bought into that. So we're going to go back, clear back to 2007 when. Um, the, so they, back before they were Racing Point or Force India, they were Spiker. Um, and in 2007, a team of people came together and bought this team and named it Force India going into the 2008 season. Um, 
2008 season was not a good season for them, and they didn't get any points, just kind of, you know, made some a little bit of improvement throughout the year, but just were not up there. Um, going into 2009, they had um, co-owner VJ Malia take the role as team principal, and they... Um, started a kind of like technical arrangement with McLaren. And so going into 2019, they had Mercedes engines. 2019, 2009. Wow. Then let's see, 2009, they got their um, first pole points and podium in Belgium. Um. So, obviously making a little bit of improvement there. Um, going into 2010, um, they just didn't have that same momentum. Um, and they kind of, I don't know what the right word is, just kind of got lost in that battle um, with other midfield rivals. Um, ended the year 7th in the Constructors. So, not terrible, but not anything great either. Um, 2011, um, they kind of, the first half of the season was not great, and then going into the second half, they found some pace, um, were able to score some points um, for most of the remaining races. They had three sixth-place finishes, um, yeah, I feel like that's kind of the story of Force India, Racing Point, Aston Martin, is they start, they either start good and finish poorly, or they start bad and finish good. They never have a year that's just good the whole year round. Um, yeah. Going into 2012, we have Paul DeResta and Nico Hulkenberg as teammates. Um, they had two fourth place finishes that year. Um, Nico Hulkenberg got fourth place in Belgium and Paul DeResta in Singapore um, and finished seventh in the constructors. Um, they did briefly re- lead a race that year, Nico Hulkenberg in Brazil. So, you know, <clears throat> it's the small things. <laughs> Um, 2013, um, again, just not, they did have one fourth place finish and then a fifth in Monaco, um, we're kind of scoring points regularly, um, but halfway through the season, they kind of dropped off, um, they finished sixth in the standings, um, then moving to 2014, they um, got a podium the first round of the season with Checo coming into the team. He got them that first podium of the season in Bahrain. Um, and then they scored in all but two races that year. So, you know, decent year for them. They still finished sixth in the standings, um, just narrowly missing out on fifth place, though, at the last round to McLaren. 
2015, um, they finished fifth in the constructors' standings. They had Checo and Nico Hulkenberg as teammates. Um, and this year was kind of like the best they had had up to that point, being able to get up to fifth. Um, they brought in a, a B-spec car halfway through the season, which kind of brought them a lot of that um, success. They were able to um, kind of take the challenge to the likes of like Ferrari and Williams, who were up there at the time. Um, and Checo got another podium for them that year in Russia. Then going into 2016, they got their best ever up to that point, um, fourth place in the constructors. Um, again, Checo and Hulkenberg as their drivers, they were, I felt like, very good teammates. Like, they pushed each other. Um, just a very reliable driver combination for them at Force India. Um, Checo got two podiums for them that year in Monaco and Azerbaijan. As we know, he loves his podiums at Azerbaijan, so not really a surprise there. Um, 2017, um, again, they finished fourth behind... Behind the top three. Um, um, th- so we have Checo and Esteban Alcon as teammates this year. And they were maybe a little bit too close. And I don't mean being friendly. <laughs> a little too close on track. As they provided a lot of on-track clashes with each other. And they continued that driver pairing into 2018. And those crashes continued into 2018. Um, <clears throat> so, 2018 is where, at this point... Um, the team came into some financial trouble. The owner of the team, um, VJ Malia, had kind of gotten the team into some trouble there, and really, Jacko kind of stepped in because he had loaned money. He was able to put the team... Um, Oh, I can't remember the word. But basically, he took care of the team. um, And then it forced them to then go and we had um, Lauren Stroll come in and buy the team halfway through the season. So, all the points they had earned up until Spa did not count for them in the driver's not the drivers, in the constructors. The drivers kept their points towards their total, but as constructors, because technically they were a new team, 
they did not get to keep those previously earned 59 points. Um, so that kind of dropped them back in the standings to, um, I think, 7th that year. Yeah, they finished 7th overall. Um, and halfway through the season, switched from Force India to Force India Racing Point. Um, which now gets us to the actual, like, official Aston Martin team history. Um, so we had, let's see, 2019, we had Checo, who stayed with them, and then we brought in Lance Stroll. Because, of course, you're going to drive for your dad's team, right? Um, <laughs> we're not going to say surprise <laughs> thoughts on that as I see her face. <laughs> if only you guys could see the face I'm making right now, you would understand <laughs> why we're not talking about it. <laughs> um, I'm very opinionated on that. It was a very was. poor year for them. I think, you know, as they were making changes throughout the team, um, and still just kind of recovering from everything that had gone on the year before. Um, and so, of course, <laughs> you know, I feel like he, Checo has his times of trouble, but back when he was on these midfield teams, I feel like was just always very reliable for them. So, of course, being the reliable driver he was back then, he earned 52 of their 73 points that year. Um... And again, they finished seventh in the constructors. That takes us to 2020. Um, I think at this point, they're more, you know, kind of firm on their feet. They had kind of gotten over those struggles. This is the year that brought in, as it's affectionately known, the pink Mercedes. Also, I have an opinion about that that I will not mention. <laughs> I'm very opinionated when it comes to Aston Martin. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, I think my dad. <laughs> yes. So, they brought in their pink Mercedes, and... I will say, though, I'm not the only one who um, is mad that they copied Mercedes. Oh, no. You're not. You're not. So, um, even Mercedes was mad, and there were a lot of other F1 teams out there. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Anyways. So they are able to have a pretty successful year. They got their first win as a team at the second to last race of the year. Yes, Shakir, the Shakir Grand Prix, um, with Checo taking that win there. Um, and I think they finished fourth. Again, but I think they did last year. Or was no, maybe it was fifth, no, fourth or fifth. They finished. They finished fourth. Okay, I was like, uh. oh yeah, fourth, right there, right in front of me. <laughs> yeah, finished fourth. Um, I think they also finished fourth in the driver's standings as well that year, which I think is probably the highest they'd ever finished in that. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, then moving to 2021, um, during the 2020 season, they had replaced, well, announced that they were replacing Checo with Sebastian Vettel. So this was when Sebastian Vettel made his debut with the team. Um, they were not able to keep that pace that they had in 2020. Um, kind of dropped down again, finished P7 in the standings, which seems to be where they like to run. Um, they sc- scored less than half their total of the previous year. Um, but they did get... Um, Sorry, my brain is, like, blanking all over the place. They did get um, a couple of podium. Yeah. Because Sebastian Vettel got a podium in Azerbaijan. Um, and then they had a couple fifth places. Um, but then they did have one disqualification, which was Seb's disqualification from P2 in Hungary for a fuel infringement. So sad. We love Seb. <laughs> and then moving... And then going into 2022... Um, Oh, no. no, that was 2021. 2022. Wow. Um, again, finished seventh in the standings. Um, the best they ever finished that year was um, P6. They finished a few times. So let's see. We had Seb getting it in Azerbaijan and Japan. Lance got it in Singapore. Um, but just not a super successful year. They were often at the back. Um, and Seb surprised us all when he got Instagram and immediately announced his retirement from F1 at the end of the 2021, the 2022 season. Wow. Um, and soon after that, Aston Martin announced that Fernando Alonso would be joining them for. 2023, which leads us right into this season recap. So well, well what do I say? Um, they started off having six podiums, or being on the podium six times in the first eight races, and then falling back towards the end of the year. Um, and so, not necessarily a surprise, if I do say so myself. Um, I feel like it was very normal for them to start off good, end up bad, or end up bad, start, or start off bad, end up good. That made, if that makes sense. I don't know. Anyways, (laughs) I know what you mean. (laughs) I will say in the beginning, um, 
with Fernando. Uh, he did look like he could overtake some of the Red Bulls in the beginning. Um, and it did look like he might even get his first win in years. I don't remember the last time Fernando won. Back in the teens, 20-something. Well, I remember seeing at the beginning of the year that because, you know, Alan- Alonzo was coming up on his... He got his 100th podium, and anybody who's gotten more than 100 podiums on their 101st podium, they always got a win. Every driver so far who's had more than 100 podiums, it had been that way. And so everyone was like, Alonzo's got to win the next race. He's going to do it. No. And he did not. So he broke that streak. Leave it to Alonzo to break the streak. This season, they did not end up in fifth. (laughs) Or they did not end up in seventh. They ended up in fifth with a solid 208 points behind McLaren. And the Constructors, Alonzo finished fourth um, with 206 points, tied with Charles, but because he's only fourth because he has podiums and Charles did not. Um... Or Charles, Alonso finished higher, put it that way, on his podiums than um, Charles did. And Stroll finished seventh with 74 points in the championship. Um, So Alonso kind of carried the team this year. They had one fastest lap over the whole season, and they had eight podiums. And they were all Alonzo's podiums. And then we look at some stats, and we have Alonzo out racing, I guess you could say. I feel like I never know how to state this. Out racing, out like being better on race days than his teammate 18 times out of three. Or the three that um, Stroll had. So basically, Alonzo finished higher... higher. 18, 18 ta- times. Then. 18 times, and then Stroll Lance finished. finished higher than Alonzo three, three times. times. Yes. I feel like I never know how to word these. Um, Alonzo out-qualified his teammate 19 times, where Lance only out-qualified Alonzo three times. The best race finish Alonzo had was second. Best race finish... Stroll had was fourth. Highest grid position was second for Fernando. And for Stroll, it was third. Um, Alonso only had two DNFs and zero did not starts. Stroll had one did not start and two DNFs. Or no, four DNFs, my bad. So those are the stats. Take it as you will. Um, <laughs> kind of depends on your drivers. Um, I definitely have to say. I don't know what I have to say. I don't know where I was going with that. I just drew a major blank in what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, today's a day. Um, uh, but now we have our favorite time of the episode of ranking the drivers. I think it's your turn to go first. I think it is. <laughs> Believe you're right. Um, <laughs> I feel like this one's so much harder than the other ones. 
Um, so Alonzo, I'm gonna give him a solid seven and a half, eight. I feel like he did pretty good getting those podiums, being up there at the top. Um, just you know, doing what needed to be done. I feel like, and then for Lance. I'm gonna say, um, I don't even know what to say. I'm gonna say, like, a two, maybe three. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like it's just so many failed expectations. <laughs> like, your teammates are getting podiums. And he had some good races, but the I feel like for the most part, course. for the most part, it just was not a super impressive year from him. Um, especially, I feel like towards the end of the season, it was like pretty bad. <laughs> and so, yeah. And I feel like as a team, I'm going to give him, give him a five. They started out great. And they sizzled at the end of the year. They just, you know, came down. <laughs> they were not so great towards the end of the year. And so for that reason, I think five is the highest I can go. Um, my ratings. I'm giving Fernando a solid... Have thought about this i had the whole time you were thinking or talking to think about it um i'm giving him a solid seven i feel like he had some really good podiums and he really pushed that aston martin to the limits it made me i'm gonna put this out there and i'm just gonna say it straight out it made me very sad that how well he performed and seb could not perform that well and it made me very sad okay that was sad um that they became i want to say they became better after sad left Seb left. That's yeah. what I'm meaning to say. It wasn't yeah. the fact that, that Alonso was a better driver. No, I. But I feel like I, you know the fact that they weren't good last year they and Seb not. leaves, and then like yeah, this year they just no. couldn't perform yeah. as well when Seb was there, and so it made me very sad to see that that's how Seb had to end his career. Um, but go Fernando. Um, he hasn't been on the podium. I forgot to say this, but he hasn't been on the podium since 2021, and then before that, he wasn't on the podium till um the last time was 2014 so it's been you know a couple years since he's been on the podium so it was good to see fernando back up there fighting at the top i think that i was very excited to see him back up there kind of was like you know he's old he's been racing forever but he can still put that a car whatever car he's racing on the podium so mm-hmm. that's why i'm giving him an eight um i'm giving the team probably i saw like four I was not impressed with Aston. I mean, I was impressed in the beginning of the year. And then I was like, they came back from summer break. And I was like, where did ever, where did they go? Like, they just weren't, except for, I think, once or twice that they pulled the, or Fernando somehow magically pulled a podium out of the hat in towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But like, they all of a sudden just dropped. And I was like, wow, so much for those hopes of, you know, them doing really good this season 
And so I just feel like they had the potential to do really good and they kind of just lost it over this summer break. Um, I'm giving Stroll. Um, I'm giving him a one and a half, too. <laughs> he... Uh, I'm going to try and be as nice as I possibly can. Um while saying this but i feel like every year there's just so many expectations for stroll being the son of us you know of the father who owns aston martin and i feel like there's just so many expectations in year after year he kind of just doesn't live up to those expectations and he kind of i'm just not impressed with him there was you know i will say he is a good driver um, and he does have his moments where he's good and can put a ca- the Aston Martin in fourth place, you know, and, but looking at just the stats and everything, he was just constantly behind Fernando and it wasn't like right behind Fernando. It was positions behind Fernando mm-hmm. and he just never really could stay up with his teammate. And so I just, I don't know. I definitely feel like the last couple of years, whoever his teammate has been, has carried the team hugely compared to Stroll. Um, still love Stroll. He's a great driver, great person. Definitely think that there's just very high expectations and he just never meets them, which is very disappointing. Um, but off of that note... <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we will give our thoughts on the Haas um, car launch, the Williams car launch, and the Stake F1 team car launches. And then we will just, as the car launches come out, we will just kind of go over them on whenever our next podcast is. Um, It's kind of our plan. We'll just be like, oh, we liked this, didn't like this, excited to see this type of a situation on the car. Um, so you can expect that for us next week. Um, and also because we have only a couple weeks, okay, I say a couple weeks, but we have three more season recaps, if I remember correctly. It's like two or three season recaps that we have left, um, before we do our F1 prediction, our F1 and IndyCar predictions. And so due to that, um we are starting to put some of the teams together we have three weeks before our um, predictions so for the next three weeks um we'll be joining two teams together next week is going to be alpine and williams so you can expect those it might be a little bit longer podcast um, but we're going to try and keep it to our around the same um, time. That's the word I'm mm-hmm. looking for for these next podcasts um, just because they will have a lot thrown in them. So we might, we'll see what we can do to not keep them not too long. So you guys aren't listening to us talk for hours upon hours because um, I would get tired of that. I was listening to self talk. But we hope that you will join us next week for those car launch um, thoughts and our season recap for Williams and Alpine. This has been F1 Indie Girls, and we will see you next week. 
बाय